Welcome to PointCast, a podcast where we talk about the issues that matter most to voters and encourage legislators to not only listen, but to act on what we hear. Today, we're talking to our very own Anthony Ardle. He's one of our staff writers, and we're talking about an article that he most recently uh, published called Watching Death. Uh, so first of all, welcome, Anthony. Uh, Hello. Appreciate you spending some time to talk a little bit more detail and give some background about this article and what it means. And it very much seemed like it mattered a lot to you. Right? Yeah, that's definitely true. Now, in your article, Watching Death, you, you mentioned that watching the shooting, the premise of it starts with Mr. Arbery, Ahmad Arbery. And for people who aren't aware for whatever reason, he's a uh, young African-American man who was jogging through his community and was accosted by two white men who were bearing arms. The younger of the two white men, who was the son, got out of his vehicle and approached Mr. Aubrey with a shotgun. We can't hear any, if, for those who may have seen the, the video, you can't really hear distinct discussions. It just looked like a man coming at another man with a gun. In the process, Mr. Aubrey fought off that son of the gun and, and, and that son subsequently shot him and killed him right there in the middle of the neighborhood street, you know? So that's the premise of, of your article. And you mentioned watching that video yourself and saying watching the shooting of the death of Ahmad Arbery was akin to watching a pornographic movie. What did you mean by that? Yeah, uh, so there's something called a snuff film, which is, I, I think I mentioned in the article, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, basically a pornographic movie about death about a murder. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, we've seen sort of very grisly horror movies described almost as stuff films that seem to be celebrating the death, celebrating the violence. And when I watched it, that was the only thing I could relate it to because in my head, I just could not make sense of why this video would exist for anything other than some sort of perverse enjoyment and even today i still i, I just still haven't seen a, a reasonable explanation as to why this guy was filming the encounter like mm -hmm. it just so my my mind instantly went to like was this something that they were doing to enjoy later like like maybe maybe he didn't Right, right. I, I mean, the this the the one I settled on in my head eventually was maybe he thought they were going to harass this guy, give him a hard time, and you know this was something they would laugh about later in a text message chain, and then it escalated beyond what he thought, and now all of a sudden, you know, he has filmed a killing. And it's a totally different scenario for him. That's the only like halfway, I guess you could say, uh, benefit of the doubt explanation I can give. He just didn't think it would escalate that far. But that's what it was like when I watched it the first time. Well, without knowing a lot of what was in the head of the three people who were involved in the death, you do talk a lot about the emotions and the anger that is felt. 
and about how you yeah. have had to make peace with that anger. You talk yeah. about these emotions from the perspective of a person of color. Explain what that process is like, making peace with the feelings of anger that you feel when you yeah. initially see something like this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, it, you know, I describe it in a piece. When you see them, you instantly, for me, I instantly run through all these emotions right away. Uh, rage and sadness and, and overwhelming grief. And then you, you reach a point where, you know, you still have to go on somehow. Uh, I have a wife, is I have a job. I have responsibility to people. I have to move on with my life at some point. And so, and, and as we've done this so many times that the process of trying to move past it has, it's just sped up now mm -hmm. because it's just something you get used to doing over and over and over again. I mean, there's also a Taylor, which is just another senseless killing of a person of color. And we've done this so many times. I mean, we could rattle off the names we know off the top of our heads and it would only be a drop in the bucket of the number of like senseless killings of people. Now you mentioned Brianna Taylor. Uh, give us a little, yeah. little bit of background on her story for, yeah. for those who aren't as familiar. And these are close to the same time. Yeah. Frame. Yeah, close to the same time frame. So she was a nurse in Louisville, I believe, who was um, at home with her boyfriend. And the cops were searching for a suspect. And uh, there was a no-knock raid where the cops can just enter your home without notifying you, which is these are troubling for entirely separate reasons. But they entered the apartment. The boyfriend uh, who legally owned a firearm began shooting back at what he thought was a home invader, mm. uh, which is what everyone says you're supposed to do, right? I mean, right. that's what we hear. People break right. your home, you should defend yourself. Right. So he defends himself, the cops return fire, and she is uh, struck seven or eight times and killed. And it turns out that the suspect they were looking for, one, never lived in her apartment, two, they were at the completely wrong place, and three, they already had the person in custody at the wow. time. Um, wow. So, you know, this that's just another senseless uh, killing. But mm -hmm. you get you get good at the grief process mm -hmm. because you like you have to. I mean, you can't spend weeks and weeks and weeks in mourning and sadness because if we did that every time one of these happened, we would never leave that state. Right. 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 Exactly, exactly. Now, although you start your article with the killing of Mr. Arbery, um, you, you, you include Trayvon Martin, Eric yep. Garner, Tamir Rice, um, and two of whom were children, I'd like yep. to, to add. We don't always see our young people as young people. Um, yep. But all of them suffered the same fate. Um, why, why did you decide to link all of these lives or deaths together? So the, the, the primary one is because of 
as time goes by, we sort of erase the past ones from our head. Each time this happens, their narrative treats every killing as if it's a fresh incident, when it's not. What it really is is an unbroken chain, just continuous, senseless killing. Uh, they should no longer, they shouldn't be treated as individual incidents. They should be treated as an indictment of this entire society that is okay labeling, that is okay marking people of color for death for any variety of like silly reason. I mean, uh, Ahmaud Arbery was, was jogging and had looked into an abandoned, not an abandoned, had looked into a house that was under construction. And that was Which just I've actually, for, I've done that before, actually. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of fascinating to see. Right. Like, right. uh, Tamir Rice was playing in a park. Eric Gardner was selling loose cigarettes. Trayvon mm -hmm. Martin was walking home. But all of these were causes for them to right. be killed, and particularly Trayvon and Mr. Yep. Arbery's case, because yep. they're the most similar because those were not yep. police shootings. Yep. Those were citizens doing this whole citizen's arrest yep. sort of thing. Yep. Hmm. And, and those two... You know, I have found myself re-arguing re the same points now that I argued with Trayvon, which is uh, Trayvon Martin and Ahmaud Arbery did exactly what I think you're supposed to do if a person who you don't know approaches you with a gun, which is you should defend yourself. Right. Like, you know, in Trayvon's case, it's the middle of the night. The guy you don't know approaches you. And people are like, yeah, there was a fight. I'm like, yeah, there was a fight. A strange dude approached him with a gun in the middle of the night. Like, yeah, he beat George Zimmerman up. I mean, that's what you should do if a guy approaches you with a gun in the middle of the night. What are you supposed to do? Sit there and wait to see if he shoots you first? I mean, what would the self-defense advocates, like, what exactly would they tell you to do? Mm -hmm. I, why, I mean, why is there such a disconnect for people? Uh, there, there were several different arguments that came out during Trayvon's. One was, yeah. you know, the whole issue of him being someplace he shouldn't have been. Uh, then, of course, people who were upset about him being accosted and killed. And then um, just, the, you know, then other issues kind of got in there and, and muddied the water a little bit. But at the end of it, there seemed to be some disconnect that diluted their concern over the fact that a child was killed. A child yeah. was killed. Yep. So why does that, how do you, how do you bridge that uh, difference in understanding as to when it's okay? Because in, in this particular case, well, in Arbery's case as well, they were both chased down, were they not? But they right. were seen as the threats but yep. they were being, ch usually you don't chase a threat. Right. So right. How, how do you become a threat when you're being chased? And how is there a disconnect with understanding what one community might consider a threat and another community yeah. might consider something totally different? How, how does that happen? I mean, I, I think the disconnect comes a significant portion of the country just does not believe that uh, it is one they, they, they just they don't believe that, that black people have any presumed right to innocence 
So like the idea that a black person can ever not be a threat just simply is not true for them. Mm-hmm. Black people are by their very existence a threat. That's so if a person is fundamentally a threat, no matter the circumstance, uh, then there's nothing they could ever do to, to be anything other than a threat to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, these go back to the oldest tropes we've seen throughout this country's history, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the scary black guy, the, the idea of the black buck, you know, the reason why like King Kong back in the day was pretty clearly coded as a black guy, like, like it isn't like I mean this is this is cinema film media history like 101 like this is I mean this is how it's always been mm-hmm. uh, and so when you code an entire group of people as a threat by default they can never they're always threatening that's why every time one of these things happens people say well I was afraid they're not afraid because of anything the person is doing they're afraid because of who the person is mm-hmm. and they will always feel fear no matter what a person of color, in particular a man of color, might be doing, they will always feel fear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like I just I don't know what else to say other than it really is the baseline position is that men of color are threatening, and boys of color are seen as older than being mere boys. They're seen basically as being men, right. even when they're not, right. um, and so they are threatening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Um, This is a lot to take in um, with the shootings. You have two recent situations that were highly noted in the press with police officers just being at the wrong address. And the same thing happened. One was a man, one was a woman. You have two situations highly profiled where uh, people are just going about their day or evening in Mr. Martin's case and two these people are chased down and, and uh, killed. Um, you have the person who's selling loose cigarettes, which now is cause for uh, uh, the chokehold that, that killed him. And, and Tamir was the youngest of the group um, playing in the park, I believe. Yeah. All of these situations sound really, really horrible. But these exact same types of victims happen with black on black crime. Yeah. Do you think that the African American community has the appetite to, or the, uh, do they see uh, deaths by the hands of black people in the same way? And if not, should they? I mean, the, the thing about, all crime is, uh, basically most crime is intra, intra-racial. Believe I'm saying that. Yeah, it's over right? 90 plus percent. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yes. Uh, because people commit crimes against the people who they stay near, live near. And because yes, our yes. neighborhoods are so segregated, uh, crime is segregated. Like, white people are most likely to commit crime against white people. That's because most white people live near other white people. Mm-hmm. That's who you rob, kill, rape, whatever, assault people who live near you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I don't really put much stock in that just because that's the nature of crime itself. But does that hit you? Do you feel the same rage that you expressed 
why do you feel a rage when um, Mr. Arbery was killed? Yeah. Maybe not hear feel the same rage when someone on the east side of your town is is, so, is killed in the, in a similar way. It's 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 the same rage, but they're directed. They they aren't even directed at different targets because what I ultimately think is I think crime like this is a societal failure. The reason why I don't, the reason why it doesn't cause me to lash out quite as much is because I think your typical, I, I don't want to say typical black on black crime, but your typical crime, I think is something that maybe could be fixed by societal reforms. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do things to improve the neighborhoods in which crime happens. If then we why, could fix, yeah, then why I don't, don't we do that? I don't think we could fix the hearts of people. <laughs> <laughs> and so if, 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 if you're, if the crime is motivated by a fear of a black person, I don't think I can fix your heart. But if the crime is driven by a societal failure, I, I do think we can, politics can help fix the societal failures that lead to, you know, excess crime in black communities that leads to, you know, black community suffering disproportionately. I think one of these is fixable and the other one I think is not. And the one that is fixable, I try to focus my emotions into a more constructive thing vis-a-vis focusing it into politics where I think it can be fixed. And the other one, I just feel a a helpless, like impotent rage. Because I don't think, I don't think anything will stop. Like if you're going to chase down a black kid in the middle of the night, like Trayvon Martin, I, I don't think there's anything that can be done to stop that. I, well, I, if, if he had been arrested, imprisoned, and this is shown as some sort of precedent for what happens when you yeah. stalk a child, chase him down, and kill him, you know, yeah. that, if that were the reason why I bring up that question yeah. to not necessarily saying they're apples to apples, but I bring that up because in your article you say we all deserve better than this, referring to the yep. murders and the deaths. We all deserve a country where decency and respect are common, where equality and freedom aren't just buzzwords, but are values that we strive to uphold. Now, to me, that sounds like all inclusive, right? Yeah. And and so that's why I brought up that question. So it is because I, we are all worse off for living in a country and a society where these things happen. And it's very obvious that like, black people are worse off. And oftentimes white people I don't think always see the ways in which they are worse off. But they are worse off as well because a functioning society requires all of us in some degree to pull together. It requires all of us to, to try and improve sort of the places where we live, the country in which we live. And if we're going to if we're going to continue to be divided, we're all just going to continue to get sort of into the stick. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I said we all deserve better than that. Like, you know, that little community in Georgia, maybe they don't think they're worse off for this, mm-hmm. but if your community is seen as intrinsically hostile to like the energies and and intelligence and contributions of black people, then you are worse off. There's a whole bunch of people who don't ever want to come to where you are. They don't want to live in your community. 
they don't want to contribute to your businesses or help you uh, do anything that might improve your community because you're hostile to them and you are worse off. Hmm. Um, you know, it's the reason why a lot of the creative energies that drive an economy, that drive a society, come from places that are more diverse. There's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. More mm-hmm. inclusive places are more productive. Um, so in a, in a sense, like, yeah, we all, you, we do deserve better than this. We all need it. We all need this to be better. Also, you know, we're all going right. to suffer. Someday. Right, right, right. I, I, I hear you and I agree with you. Um, on that note, I'm going to go to our last question. Our intern, yeah. Bethany Johnson, goes through and does research on the internet uh, and basically the younger age groups, younger than us. <laughs> and they, are, they are hopeful. I don't know if Bethany's on the line. If not, I'll ask her, uh, her to I'm unmute. on the line. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Awesome. So Bethany, I want you to go ahead and if you can ask your uh, question based on what you've been hearing young people talk about. Okay. Well, basically just on Twitter, there's a lot of people downplaying the death of the Aubrey. And I want to ask, why do you think people are downplaying the Aubrey? And if there's something people should reflect on themselves. And also, do you think racism can't be changed by legislation? Uh, well, I'll, I'll answer those first order, I guess. First, uh, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't think racism can be changed by legislation. Um, I, I don't think you can legislate the hearts of people. I think whatever okay. legislation you pass, racism will just flow in a different way around it. You know, it'll just take a different path to achieve, to achieve whatever end. Um, so no, I, I don't think you can legislate away racism. I, what was mentioned earlier, you can try to put consequences in play for people who do these things, but that's a longer discussion. But it, no, I don't think you can. Now, the reason why it's been downplayed, I, part of this is I think because, uh, part of this is because I think Twitter is, is an inaccurate reflection of life. Uh, okay. Um, and so I think depending on which which corner of Twitter you're in can can maybe distort how people are responding. You know, if there are some corners of Twitter where this was a you know a huge thing. The other one, and this is, I think this is also specific to the Arbery shootings. I think it, it, there was such a long time between the incident and the outcry that for a lot of people that initial flashpoint moment had already passed. Uh, you see the same. It's been so long that a lot of people just they're not reacting. Whereas you know you look at things like Eric Garner and Tamir Rice, uh, Trayvon Martin, because the public knowledge happened right after the event, everyone just sort of came together at the same time and you know exploded on social media. Uh, so in this case, I do think the fact that it was literally months before anyone had actually heard about this widespread. I think yeah. he really did need to react in a lot. Yeah, okay, thank you. Well, yeah. we will have to let that be the last word, um, but I wanna thank you again, Anthony, for sharing your voice uh, with this story and for writing such a powerful piece. 
Um, for uh, those of you who listen to us, please continue to listen to us. Uh, you can find our podcast on our website on pointcast.news. You can also check us out on Apple Podcasts and also be sure to follow us and uh, as we continue to share updates, Anthony, as well as myself, share updates on this story and on all political news that we find on our Facebook page. So please uh, go out and, and continue to participate in that sphere. Thank you all for listening and uh, we are out. <laughs>